I'm on the track. You know how we do it, man. Oh, boy, CHP, see the phenol. Hey, you. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Amen Corner is around us right now. Big shout out to everybody in the city of Auburn, all the George Auburn fans. Uh, shout out to my to my admin Wendy, my man T Rex, 
you know, let's get this started. But first off, like I always do, I just want to give a little devotional, and then we're going to jump right into it because we've got 90 minutes, and I know some of you guys are ready to go go tell, go watch whatever football game you're going to watch, so let's just get right into it. So our devotional comes from Isaiah 37 and 20. Lord our God, deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know know that you, Lord, are the only God. It began as a distant foreboding, hum, hum, then grew into an ominous rattling din. Soon hundreds of tanks and thousands of enemy infantrymen swarmed into view of the badly outnumbered soldiers in Finland. Assessing the murderous wave, an anonymous Finn lent some perspective. Courageously, he wondered aloud about the enemy. Where would we find room to bury them all? Some 2,600 years before Finland showed such pluck in that World War II battle, an anxious Judean citizenry reacted quite differently to their own overwhelming situation. The Assyrian armies had trapped the people of Jerusalem inside its walls where they faced the hopeless prospect of a starvation-inducing siege. Hezekiah nearly panicked, but then he prayed, Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, enthroned between between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. Through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord answered with strong words for a serious king, Sennacherib, Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. Then God confronted Jerusalem. I will defend this this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. The Lord defeated Sennacherib and destroyed the Assyrian army. No matter what dangers loom in your horizon today, the God of Hezekiah and Isaiah still reigns. He longs to hear from uh, from each of us and show himself powerful. In what ways has God shown himself in the past? God is greater than our greatest problem. So, in other words, whatever battles you got going on personally, whatever battles you got going on in your personal you know, outside your personal life. Just remember that everything you do has a purpose and every everything that you say is a test from God. So everybody just take heed and remember you only have you only have one person to you only one person and you need help, God is always there. So that being said we're going to take a quick station break. It's probably going to be the only break we're going to take for the entire 90 minutes. So get your popcorn, get you something to drink. We'll be right back.
To the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. We're just gonna jump right into it. College college football, Amen Corners around Amen Corner is here. Auburn, Georgia. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But Mississippi State, Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, Baylor, Oklahoma. I'm if you're not a fan of football as a whole, then this day it just ain't for you. It ain't for you today. And for me, this is this is one of those day, This is one of those days where I just want to sit at home, drink a beer, fry some chicken, fry some fish, do a little something, and just watch football all day long, all day long. But first off, we're gonna start off with some high with some high school scores because. It's playoff time in Georgia. It's the second round. In, it's the second round in Alabama, you know. So we're just gonna jump right into it. We're gonna jump into the into Georgia and the six eight playoff brackets. And who boy? Well, first off, we're gonna go with double A. We're gonna go with the double A brackets because man, it's some upsets galore everywhere across all classifications in Georgia. But we're gonna start off in Double A. Single A hasn't kicked off yet. Single A, the Single A playoffs in Georgia will kick off next Friday night, um, in both the public and the private uh, classifications in Georgia. But we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump jump straight into it. Um, if if you're around the area, um, got some local schools here. Fitzgerald was a winner over Putnam County, fifty-one to fifteen, and that sets up. That sets up a matchup with with Heard County. Heard County was a winner last night, thirty five to fourteen over Green County. Um, Heard County I want to send out a special shout out to to my old position coach, Coach Richard Finley. Uh, these guys are doing it again. Um, home game, region winners this year. Um, so they'll be home again in the second round against Fitzgerald. In the other half, of, in the other half of this quadrant in this bracket, Love it, Love it pulled uh, pulled a bit of a a bit of a shock over over Chattooga, uh, Chattooga, thirty four to twenty eight, which in turn sets up a even bigger game for 
for the Lovett Lions, and they play Benedictine, who is the who is the defending state champions in in Double A. Um, Benedictine actually won last night over Metter, sixty-three to fourteen. Sixty-three to fourteen, and so Lovett will be traveling to Savannah to play Benedictine there, and. Go over to the other side of the, of the of the uh, the other the other quad the so we go down to the bottom left hand corner of uh, if you know uh, if some of you guys are keeping up with the with the brackets uh, you know in Georgia um, got some major got some major win got some got some big time play two time players in these in these in this quadrant also Rabin County who is known more for wrestling and more for being the school in the mountains. Uh, they actually won last night, uh, region champions out of region eight. They beat Bremen last night, 49, 14, and they actually played early County, uh, who gave a shot to Lamar County, Lamar County, which went a, which went a pretty good ways. I, I think they went to the second round last year. Um, Got shut out last night, twenty-eight and nothing by Early County. And Early County and Raven will play next week in Tiger. So those the the fans in Tiger, Georgia, they're going to be up in arms for that one. Jefferson County beat McIntosh County Academy fifty to twenty-six. Sets up a game with Wesleyan, who beat Model uh, forty-five twenty-seven. Uh, Pace Academy was a win over Darlington, thirty-one to nothing. Scraven County was a winner over Bryan County, and that's a big that's a that's a nice little matchup there. Bowden was a winner over Union County, fifty six to fifty five. Uh, and Macon County was a winner over Pelham, thirty five to twelve. So, you know, some of the favorites in the, in in, the, in this some of the favorites that are that are favorite to go on to the dome and be be a finalist. Um one of those teams went down last night and that was Washington Wilts. Washington Wilts, you know, was a seven and three team coming into coming into their game against Manchester. Manchester was eight and two um coming into that game against against uh Washington Wilts and Manchester actually beat Washington Wilts forty one to fourteen. But sets up a, a matchup with Brooks County but we northeast northeast uh northeast forty eight nothing. Greater Atlanta Christian was a winner over uh, over Dade County twenty seven to eight. And that sets up a that sets up a game between them and Vidalia. So that's all the scores in double A. Triple A pretty much pretty much status quo here. The Callaway Cavaliers of Lagrant of Folksville, Georgia, they actually that's a local school in my area. Um, they won that first round game over Hart County, thirty thirty eight to twenty. Uh, Hart County comes out of a tough region, region eight, uh, one of the best regions in in Georgia uh, at a AAA level. And Callaway will play Westminster at home uh, next Friday. Um, Westminster beat Southeast Bullock um, at Southeast Bullock, uh, thirty one to seven. That same bracket, that same little mini bracket, a Daresville uh, quarterfinalist last year um, was a winner over Franklin County, thirty-five to seven, and Jackson, uh, 
beat Butler 42-6. to So, going through the scores, and I'm like, wow. Um, Cedar Grove and Pierce County played tonight, and they played a winner of Oconee County, who beat Cedartown last night 38-7. to The Sonoraville Phoenix went over to went over to um went over to Oakwood, Georgia last night and they beat uh East Hall forty nine twenty eight. That sets up uh that sets up a matchup with West Side with West Side of Macon as they beat Laney twenty one to twelve. And those Dawson County those Dawson County Tigers they just keep rolling, they keep rolling. They put up sixty three points last night at against Ringgold at home. In their first in their first home playoff game as a region champion ever, they'll move on to the second round. And they'll play Spencer. Spencer pulled off one of the biggest upsets last night uh, in all the playoffs. Even though Washington County was five and five this year, a lot was expected out of them. You know, a lot of people thought that they would get hot in the during the during the during the playoffs and possibly make a run for it. They had they had the right. They had the right bracket to do it in, but they just couldn't get past that really good Spencer team from from the city of Columbus, who are making their first playoff appearance in over twenty years. Um, so, uh, congratulations to the Spencer to the Spencer Green Wave. They'll be they'll be traveling to Dawsonville, and hopefully, I'll be traveling up there next week also to see to see Spencer to see the Green Wave and the Tigers play. Jefferson was a big winner over Pepperell, uh in another game that a lot of people thought could go either way. Uh but Jefferson shut out Pepperell forty nine to nothing. And that sets up a that sets up a matchup uh against Blessed Trinity, who won forty to fourteen over Cook. Um defending state champions Calhoun in triple A was a winner over West Hall, 34-7, sets up a big matchup with Peach County. And Peach County, with their story tradition, multiple state championships, Peach County, Calhoun, and, Cal- and Calhoun. I think the winner of this game will win the state championship. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, Elbert and Dodge County. Elbert beat Central uh, of Carrollton, uh, 17-7. Uh, Dodge County beat Jackson, Jackson County, forty-five to three, um, and that sets up that matchup there in the round of sixteen. So, just some just some big-time games there, and we're gonna jump over to four A. And four A for me is probably one of the toughest classes to call to get a winner out of because there's so many great teams stacked top to bottom. I mean, blockbuster matchups all over the place. Uh, next week, um, Spalding Woodward next week. Woodward put a beat down on on North Oconee, forty-eight to seven. Uh, Spalding went to Cairo and beat the Syrup Makers, twenty-eight to ten. So College Park will be rocking next week. Got the kids from Griffin, the Spalding County, Spalding County. Uh, kids coming up to Woodward and playing there. Um, Marish the Mary Persons, Marish the Marish School, uh, beat Pickens County 42 to 17 last night. 
Mary Persons won fourteen to thirteen over Wayne County. Go to, go further down down in uh Worth County was a winner over Locust Grove, which sets up a which sets up probably one of the best matchups of next weekend. Uh top to bottom, probably one of the best matchups of the weekend. Worth County, Buford Buford beat uh Fayette County last night thirty five to nothing. Worth County and Buford. Uh, we all, I mean, if you if you haven't heard about the Buford Wolves, I mean, by now, I mean, they're, they've got to run to the state championship. They've got some, they've got to play at least five state ranked, ranked teams, you know, to get through. So, and I don't see how they won't, I don't see how they won't. So, uh, I, I'm just, wow. This is a lot of fun. Grady and Thompson will play next week. Grady beat Northwest Whitfield 28-27. And Thompson, led by my former head coach, Rob Ridings, um, made it to the second round. Um, They beat Veterans High School 49-35. But Grady and Thompson will play. And, again, if they make it out of that that mini bracket with with Worth and Buford, (laughs) Worth and Buford, Thompson and Grady. I think the winner of that bracket will probably win win it all. Uh with some of the heavy hitters now out. Um one of those one of those heavy hitters is uh is uh, uh Griffin. Griffin was a state champion last year. Um was a state champion a couple of years ago and They've fallen on some hard times here in the last couple of years. Uh, they went down to Bainbridge, and the Bears got beat by the Bearcats, <laughs> 35-7, to which sets up a matchup in South Georgia that will probably knock everybody's socks off. They're gonna, uh, Bainbridge will play Sandy Creek next week in one of probably one of the best football games that you'll, that you'll find in the state of Georgia in the South in the southeast, probably in the nation next weekend. Um West Lawrence out of <laughs> West Lawrence High School, uh out of the Dublin out of the Dublin area. Um they'll play South Saint Pius, uh, which I think is a bit of an upset. No, uh, the Burke County Bears who was ranked uh who was ranked pretty much the entire season coming out of region Coming out of Region Three, um, they beat they got beat by West Lawrence thirty thirty one to fourteen. St. Pius beat Ridgeland twenty eight to nineteen. Carrollton was a winner over Stevens County, um, which sets up a, a matchup with Jonesboro, who beat Thomas County Central seventeen fourteen. Um, Liberty County and Cartersville will play next week. Liberty County beat Upson Lee twenty thirty-one to twenty-two. And Cartersville beat Columbia forty-two to seven. Uh, wow! So, I mean, it's already getting getting heated up, and it, it's not even it's not even at the quarterfinal stage yet. You know, where you'll see some big time matchups, but I mean, and this is top to bottom. So. I, I don't I don't know what else to tell you except 
some of these schools, some of these schools are going to be very disappointed, and other schools are going to be very happy to get as far as they're getting. Um, because I I say it like this, I mean, five A's is five A's looking just as good as any any class in the state of Georgia. Um, I mean, it's wide open now with. With the big upset, with the Stevenson's uh, upset loss to Rome last night, seven to six, the Ware County Gators and Northside Warner Robins they'll play they'll play tonight at McCon- at, at McConnell Stadium in Warner Robins. Um, South Paulding beat Loganville uh, last night, sets up a matchup with Drew next week. Stars Mill Alatoona. Mays, Houston County. <laughs> if you're not a fan of football, if you're not a fan of, of high school football, I mean, please go out and, and and check out some of your some of your your future talent on the field, because especially in some of these areas, some of the areas in North Georgia, East Central Georgia, here in West Georgia where I'm at, the Columbus area, the Atlanta area schools. I mean, if I mean if you're anywhere near, if you're anywhere near near Gwinnett County next week, go check out some football there. If you're anywhere near, I mean, if you're anywhere near Troop County, check out football here. I mean, Northgate and Lanier is a premier game. Kell and Coffee is a premier game. Glen Academy and Dawson premier game. Games will start bridge. Woo! I mean, I, I don't know what else to say to you about high school football as a as a whole because some of the I mean, like some of the story programs, I mean, you just I you just uh, wow. That's all I can say about it is wow. I mean, I'm going through I'm looking at different scores from from the different uh classifications in the state of Georgia. You know, some of them local, some of them, you know, the Atlanta area, North Georgia. South Georgia. I mean, you know, six A, six A is no six A instead of Georgia. Stat top to bottom, these thirty two teams here <laughs> now cut down to sixteen, but these thirty two teams here, I mean, you literally there's top ten teams in all four brackets. In 6A, so you'll basically have to play five ranked teams. Some of these teams are nationally ranked in the top 20. So, I mean, it's just, it's just absolutely crazy just to know what some of these teams will have to will have to play next. Will have to play next week, like Peachtree Ridge, who won a state championship their first year. In a varsity a varsity play, they won a a co championship the first year of varsity football at at their school. They'll be playing Westlake next week. Westlake put up seventy nine points last night over Lakeside. Peachtree Ridge, you know, they didn't slack off either. I mean, they put up fifty one points. So that's a collision right there and. And both of these schools play great defense. 
a lot of these schools, they, and they got great offenses. Peachtree Ridge is one of those schools that <laughs> you can beat them up and beat them up and beat them up, but they'll come back and they'll hit you harder and harder and harder. I mean, story programs, Valdosta, 24 state championships, they'll be coming up to they'll be coming up to to Houston next week. They'll play Grayson next week at Grayson. Archer McKeatron. We all know what Archer's defense can do if you live in the state of Georgia. You've also heard of what they can do. You've also seen them on na- on national TV. Archer McKeatron, probably one of the best games of the year. You got you got Georgia commits all over the place for McKeatron. Archer's got some Georgia commits. Archer's got the Auburn commit. I mean, they've got SEC talent all over the all over the field. The Archer McKeatron. Noonan plays Mill Creek next week. Noonan beat Lovejoy thirty-four to three last night. Mill Creek beat Northview forty-six to thirteen. So I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't I, it don't get no better than this. I mean, Colquitt County, number four team in the nation. They beat North Paulding last night by 32 points. They'll play Central Gwinnett, who pulled a big upset of Walton last night, 49 to 20. You know, Camden County. You know, they're starting to they're starting to get it rolling down there again. You know, they play Roswell. Roswell put up 63 on Parkview. A story. A story. <laughs> School in the state of Georgia. Collins Hill beat Lambert. Collins Hill plays Newton next week. I mean, top to bottom, if you look at Georgia high school football, top to bottom, there ain't no, I mean, ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, you look around the state, you look around the southeast, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana probably have the best high school football in the South. I mean, that's no slight to North Carolina, South Carolina, but I would put these schools against any school from any state, even the Texas schools. And I, I, I can say that because I, I mean, I, I watch Texas high school football. I watch Georgia high school football. I watch California high school football. I'm I'm looking at these schools, and I'm thinking these schools can play anybody at any given time. So that being said, I mean, get out if you're in the state of Georgia. Get out, support your schools. Whether you're alumni or not, whether you just like to see good football being played, go and watch these kids play. I mean. That that's just the, that's the best way I can I can possibly put it. Um, but we're gonna jump away from we're gonna jump away from high school football right now. We're gonna get into some into some predictions and and I just I mean I I'm so excited about about this this day because. Florida, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi State, Georgia, Auburn, 
Georgia Auburn. See, this, Georgia Auburn for me, this is probably one of the games for me because me being an Auburn fan and having that respect for Georgia that I that that I have, I don't talk crap about this game. I don't talk crap about much about much football at all. But it's like when it comes to Georgia Auburn, it's like the respect goes out the window, you know. I mean, I know that it's a hated rivalry between these two schools. Some of the people don't like some of the people on the other side. Some of the people don't like, you know, some people don't like Georgia. Some people don't like Auburn. But the one thing I can say is you get everybody together and have, let them have fun like I did last night and myself and T-Rex and and the admin, you know, we went out in Auburn last night. We had such a such a such a great time for the George Auburn game. I'm gonna say it just like this: Auburn's gonna win this game because one, we got a quarterback who's now focused. We've got we've got three great running backs now. I mean, we've got our running backs are as good as the three as the three running backs that are still left. As the three running backs that are still left at at Georgia that are healthy. I mean, Javon Robinson's healthy now. Peyton Barber is being Peyton Barber. Um, Rock Thomas is, is showing signs of, of health. And then Carrion Johnson, who nobody really talked about being a part of a part of this as well. I mean, he gives you such a great look on in in that wildcat formation. He he can he can give you spot duty as a as a receiver out of the backfield or or as a running back running the ball. So I mean, there's a lot of good things that are happening at Georgia right at at, at Auburn right now. Jeremy Johnson's focused again. You know, we're we're starting to see what Jeremy Johnson brings to the table now and. I think one of the big things, one of the big things about Jeremy Johnson is he finally got focused and he got focused. You know, those those five games away that he that he got to sit on the bench and got to and got to just take a look at it and get that second chance. He's not going to drop the ball this time. So I love I love what Auburn does. I like I like Georgia also because they've got a quarterback that that can play. You know, you can put the ball in his hands; he'll he'll give you what you need. You know, he's a good game manager. But the thing that everybody talks about is, you know, he comes from an SEC school that he didn't do well in. He didn't do well at. You know. I mean, you look at what he's done at Virginia. You look at the experience that he's, that he's gathered at Virginia. Grayson Lambert. We're talking about Grayson Lambert. Yeah. I mean, he gives you – he gives you – I mean, he gives you a chance to win. You know, you, you haven't seen that. You know, be, you haven't seen much of that because, you know, because of the three losses that they've had. 
you know, against Tennessee, against Alabama, and against Florida. You haven't really seen that much of them. And, you know, it, it's, it kind of sucks in a way that, you know, he's getting thrown under the bus. But it's also down to play calling of Brian Schottenheim and Mark Rick. You know, that that's basically, for me, that's that's where that stems from. It's not all on Gretchen Lambert. I mean, you, you lose Nick Chubb, the first play of the game in the Tennessee game. But Sonny Michelle stepped up for you. Uh, Brendan Douglas has stepped up for you. And a number of guys, have, your receivers have also stepped up for you. Malcolm Mitchell, Jay Rome, who's who's healthy again, you know, and has an NFL body. And you you look at these guys as a whole. You look at the defense as a whole. You know, you look at the defenses. You compare the two defenses. You know, Jeremy Pruitt doesn't have what he what he wants to have at at Georgia. And whatever strife that Georgia has going on between the offense and the defense, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on between the two. But at the same time, it comes down to the play on the field. And the play on the field isn't isn't getting done at Georgia as as well as it's not getting done at Alabama. I mean, I'm sorry, Auburn. But you see Auburn starting to gel a little bit. Um with with Carl Larson coming back, you start to see a little bit of fire come under come under Montrevis Adams and Maurice Swain and Casanova McKenzie and, and those guys. And then and then the secondary play is just getting better and better and better. Um with Trey Matthews, Blake Counts, and and Carl and, and Carlson Davis. I mean Carlson Davis is a true freshman, and he's got three interceptions on the season. And teams are starting to not throw to his side like they're not throwing to to Blake Counts' side, you know. And both of these guys will come up and they will slap you in the face in the run. So I love Georgia's defense. I like Auburn's defense. I like Georgia's defense. When they're on, they're on, but. It all comes down to the momentum of the offense for Georgia's defense, whereas Auburn's offense predicates off 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 their defense. So when in that with that being said, Auburn has the advantage there. They've also got the advantage in special teams with, with Phillips as a punter, uh, Phillips as a punter, and. And Danny and Daniel Carson is is a, is a great kicker. You know you can you can put him on you can put him you know fifty five plus and he'll drain it for you. You know so I I give the advantage to Auburn in that in that sense, and you don't see any internal internal strife between between the coaches and and everything. So I'm I'm gonna have to give Auburn the advantage. I think Auburn will win this game simply because. They're a team that's together. They're a team that that's more focused. That they they finally got got it together. So, I mean, I would not. Uh, I mean, I would not be surprised if Georgia shows up and actually gives Auburn a game. But Auburn can win this game if they can get pressure on the defense. That that secondary, you know, can cover those receivers, and the intensity is always there. So. 
with Muschamp. So let, let's just let's just take a you know take a look at that from that perspective. And like I said, I think Auburn will win. I think Auburn will win by a touchdown. Um, I mean, and you got Minnesota Iowa for the Florida Rosedale. Uh, later on, it's an eight o'clock game. Um, Iowa is nine and zero for the first time in a very long time, and they're number eight in the, in the college football playoff rankings. You know, I think they get a win over over, over a good Minnesota team. Um, I think it'll happen. I think they'll get a win over over Minnesota. Minnesota's four and five. You know, they play one of the toughest schedules in the Big Ten. We all know this. But they've also been beat up by injuries, loss of a coach, um, everything. So, but the thing with Minnesota is that they're starting, they, they've gotten things going in the right direction. Miss Leitner has, has not turned over the ball. He hasn't. Hasn't turned over the ball much. Uh, you know, they just run. They just run into some buzzsaws, and you know, anybody in the Big Ten West. I mean, this is this is one of those games you just you just can't really describe and really call because of. I mean, you can call it. You know, I think I will win, but you know, with this particular rivalry game. Minnesota Iowa I think when you when you have Minnesota and you have Iowa on the field at the same time it comes down to who wants it more and you know they've gone back and forth with the Florida Rosedale the last couple of years Iowa's finally got it together Kurt Ferentz you know longtime coach there at Iowa I mean it's probably one of the one of the best coaches, bar none. And I really think that when you look at it from that perspective, when you look at it from that perspective, when you look at it from that perspective, you knew that it was going to come back. Um, come back around for, for Kurt fans. I mean, he's been getting some great recruits. He's been keeping a lot of the in-state recruits there. Um, he's been getting a lot of the Chicago area recruits. And, and he's even he's even branched out into Missouri and Texas and Minnesota, southern Minnesota, and got some of those players. So, I mean, it's, it's there for the taking. And Iowa controls their own destiny. And that's that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that Iowa controls their own destiny. They can win out, win the win the Big Ten championship, and make the playoffs. The question is is can Iowa get past this? Not overlooking anybody, you know, going ten and zero. You know, and, and then, you know, those final two games of the year, you know, big games of the year. Um, so, I mean, I like Iowa. I like their defense. Um, 
I love what what Kurt Ferentz has has built there. The fan base is great. You know, and, and I just think that with so many emotions going on with Minnesota, I don't think that they'll be able to pull it together in time to make themselves uh to make themselves a great uh, uh, you know to make themselves come through this game. Now, like I said, stranger things have happened, but I just I just don't see it happening for for Minnesota. So I'm gonna say Iowa uh, ten points could be bigger depending on how the defense plays, how the offense plays, because this 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 is an Iowa team with C.J. Beathard at quarterback with the with the linebacking core that they have. They have a great secondary also. This is this is a this is a team. This is a school. That's it. They have all the weapons in the world to make this work, but they've got to go one day at a time, one game at a time. So Iowa, I, I think Iowa will win. And you know some of the other games that everybody's talking about, Oregon, Stanford. You know, is Oregon the is Oregon the best the best team? Is Stanford the best team that's with one loss in the nation? That'll be tested tonight. And I'll tell you why, because you're probably playing the best three-loss team in the nation in Oregon. So do I think that things will happen here? Yes. And I'll say say this – I say this without without fail, without question. David Shaw at or at, at Stanford has built on what Jim Harbaugh has had there. He's got a power running game, Christian McCaffrey. He's got he's got tight ends that will catch the ball. You've got a game manager that will that can manage the game and if you put it on the shoulders he'll take the game over. So you look at it from that perspective. Oregon has I mean so I'm sorry, Stanford has all the makings of being that top team this year. Oregon on the other hand, you look at Oregon, they can do anything they want to offensively. Now that they finally got Running Adams healthy, but defensively, I mean, for lack of a better word, the defense is horrible. I mean, they're horrible. And the one thing about Oregon that everybody talks about is that Oregon has has all these weapons offensively. But my question is, where's the defense at? You gotta have a good offense to have a great defense. You know, you gotta have a great, you gotta have a great offense. You know, but you don't have to play defense. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, when people say that, I'm I'm like looking at them like, well, you know, in other words, you're telling me that he doesn't need that Oregon doesn't need a defense to win a football game. They can outscore everybody. Not when you're giving up 40 points a game, and especially when you give up 55 points against against Utah. So that argument for me went out the window last week or the week before. 
or the week they got beat by Utah. So, you know, now that they're starting to – the defense is starting to come together a little bit simply because they're on pace to break a record that they don't want to break, and which is yards per game – Yards per game and points per game. Right now, they're giving up 38 points a game. And that's worst among all the Power Five conferences. A lot of Power Five teams. But they're also scoring 40 something, 45, 46 points a game. You know, six and three. They're six and three coming into this, coming into this, into this, um, this game against Stanford. And it's a big game. Is a big game because Stanford they want to be relevant. They want to be in that in that top four discussion. You know they're just outside the first two out, the last two out. So I just really think that Stanford has something to prove. Just like just like Baylor, just like Oklahoma has something to prove. You know, again we'll we'll, we'll talk about Oklahoma Baylor in just a second, but. I just think that with Oregon and Stanford, Oregon can win this game if they get the defense together. But I just think Stanford's just too strong. I think they're too physical. You know, you have a guy like you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey that that can take over a game as well. You have a guy you have you have a guy like Kevin Hogan who who's a great quarterback. So I mean you you got so many intangibles here that makes things that much better and that much f- more fun. I mean, this makes it fun. And uh, so, I mean, I, I love, I mean, like I said, I love what David Shaw's done. The offense, the offense coordinators there, defense coordinators. I mean, they don't give up many points as well. So, I mean, that's that. it just makes it that much better. You know, a lot of people, and, you know, it's just it's just this is a great this is a great day to be a college football like I said it's a great day to be a college football fan um you know one of the other games that that's really intriguing to me is is um Arkansas LSU and that's for the boot and for me this game This game on paper is a really good game. I think that this game can be a physical, knock-down, drag-em-out type of game. I think this game can be a run-up-the-score type of game. And if that – either way that goes, Arkansas won't quit. As evidenced by what happened at Auburn, at you know against Auburn, as evidenced what happened last week against against Ole Miss. This, this is a, this is the Arkansas team that's that's getting it together, but at the same time, do I think that Arkansas has the personnel to deal with LSU and their in their run stopping defense? Yeah, but no. They've got the quarterback. That can stretch the field out for him. Yes, Alex Collins will give you will give you runs that you never that 
that you don't normally see. So, yeah, I, I think that you can see, you'll see some, you'll see Arkansas get points. But at the same time, you look at LSU, you look at LSU, what LSU has, it, it's, it's different. LSU has something different. You know, they got this guy that's like Superman. It's like a bald head. It's like he's like Superman, but he's got the bald head like Lex Luthor and Leonard Fournette. So Leonard Fournette is a game changer. He didn't look like one last week against Alabama. Well, he looked like one. Well, he looked like the same player that we saw against Auburn. We looked like the same player that we saw against Florida. We looked like the same player that we saw against Ole Miss. It's very hard for me to imagine that he won't have a bounce back game, that he won't have something to prove. I, I just, I just really feel that LSU has something to prove. They have, they still have a lot to play for. Because they still they're still in the mix for the for the ACC West championship, you know, which is going to come down between them and between them and Alabama. Alabama has an advantage right now. Alabama's probably one of the bit one of the better one loss teams in the nation. Do I think that they're the best one loss team in the nation? That's yet to be said. But you know. LSU is probably one of the best one loss teams. You know, you've got you've got schools that that can make that claim to be that best one loss team in the nation. But I really think that LSU needs to get a win here. You know, and hope for a loss, but and hope for for Alabama loss which I don't think will happen against Mississippi State, and we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But it's just I like LSU in this game. I like the defense. I like the receiving core with Doral and those guys. You know, whatever quarterback comes out, if it's Jekyll and Hyde, they're going to hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette, who's just going to be – who's just going to be Leonard Fournette. I think you'll see the Leonard Fournette of – the weeks before, the first seven wins. I don't think you'll see the Leonard Fournette that had 31 yards last week. So, so yes, I mean, I, I think LSU can win this game. But Arkansas will give them a game to remember. So, so everybody just, just watch that game. And, you know, speaking of – Speaking of that game, um, Alabama, Mississippi State. You know, Mississippi State is probably one of the best two loss teams in the nation. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about best teams with losses. Playing against probably the best one loss team in the nation. One of the best one loss teams in the nation, you know. I just don't – I don't – 
I don't know why people thought that Mississippi State wouldn't be the Mississippi State team that it was last year when they had more starters coming back than Ole Miss did. Just didn't make any sense to me. But with a guy like Dak Prescott, the running backs that they have, receivers that they have, the fan base that they have in Starkville, or Struck Vegas as people like to call it now, I just I don't see Mississippi State being just an also ran in this game. But Alabama's made people look like also ran the whole season as well, except for Ole Miss. So these schools are separated by eighty two miles along US Route eighty two. They're so similar in the way that they play the game defensively, but so different from the way they play the game offensively. I really think that if Auburn – I'm sorry. I mean, Alabama can get Derrick Henry off. Get Jacob Coker quick throws, quick reads. Establish a running game early against Mississippi State is going to be the key. Because when you establish a running game against Mississippi State, they'll fold. Derrick Henry will run all day long. Then on the flip side of that, if you can rattle the secondary of Alabama, which I think is their Achilles heel, you're going to have the irresistible force, the irresistible force being the movable object right in the middle of the field. And it's going to be back and forth. It's going to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, all day long. And I say this because when you look at what Alabama did, uh, what Alabama has done, you look at what Mississippi State has done over the course of the last two years, the course of the, over the course of the season. When they established themselves, when when they established themselves, you know, and what they want to do, whether it's the read option, whether it's establishing establishing the run game for Alabama. So, I mean, personally, I just think that Alabama, and Alabama has better talent than Mississippi State. I just really believe that, but. At the same time, will what defense will show up for Mississippi State? Because Mississippi State, they will give up points. They have given up points this year, you know, unnecessary points. You know, they gave up points to, to Ole Miss. They gave up points to to, to Texas A&M. So, if they can be stingy, they'll win this game. They can be stingy and get – Excuse me, and get that Prescott and those running backs the time that they need and and the holes they need. This could be one of those games that this could be one of those games where Alabama's gonna be like they did it to us again. So 
the last time Alabama was there, Alabama lost. So we just this is like one of those look and see games. You know, look see games because Alabama's gonna give you something, Mississippi State's gonna give you something, and they're gonna meet in the middle of the field, like I said. It was just a force meeting the movable object. That's the way that this is the way this game's gonna work out. But I do like Alabama in this game. I think it's gonna be close. Um like I said, it's gonna come down to the quarterback play, it's gonna come down to, to running back play. It's gonna come down to the play call of Lane Kiffin, it's gonna come down to the play calling of of um Kirby Smart and that defense side of the ball to dictate what Mississippi State does. Now Mississippi State gets that quick passing game going, and they get that run game going. Then, then you'll see what everybody's talking about, what everybody raises about with Dak Prescott, what everybody raises about with that defense. I mean, the, what needs to happen is they need to just get it together, offensively and defensively. So, um, but yes, I, I do like Alabama. Like I said, I like Alabama close in this game. Um, of course, Clemson, Syracuse. I'll go with Clemson all day long. Um, Clemson nine and zero. Um, Syracuse three and six. You know, trying to be bowl eligible. I don't think it's going to happen for Clint, for for Syracuse this year. But I, I would say that the, that I would I would sell the fans of Syracuse. Don't give up on this team because this team this seems a good team. You know. Injuries killed them this year. Um, made things made things very bad for them this year, and I, and that's one of those things that you know you just can't you can't get over, you know. A lot of times, so I mean, you just gotta you just gotta roll with the punches there. But you know, this is this is gonna be a better team than people think next year too. I mean, they've got a lot of they got a lot of state in state talent. That are that are staying in state and going to um, going to Syracuse next year. Um, so I mean, just don't give up hope on them. Clemson, Clemson's going to be status quo as normal. Um, you know, they got one more they got one more conference game, and then they have the big then they have the big one with they have the big one with with South Carolina. So. Um, in that Palmetto State showdown, so I mean, just I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't give up on those. I would like I said I wouldn't give up on I wouldn't give up on Syracuse, but I, I like Clemson. I like Clemson big. I mean, I I I think that they're gonna win big. I mean, it's just woo. It's just it's just one of those things. It's just gonna win big. Um. Now let's talk about the game of the night. The ABC game, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock ABC. You know, we we we've talked about I said we've talked about schools that are some of the best one loss teams in the nation. We've talked about Alabama. We've talked about Stanford. We've talked about We've talked about Stanford. We've talked about Alabama. We've even brought up 
I mean, we even brought up, you know, another one-loss team. But I think one school that's really (laughs) wanting to prove that they're the best one-loss team in the nation is Oklahoma, who's not getting any respect whatsoever because they're doing it quietly. You know, and one thing about the Big 12 is this. And I think a lot of people will agree with me on this. When you do a back heavy top ten schedule for your for your top ten teams, for your ten teams in the Big Twelve, some of these losses can loom large. Case in point what happened last year with what what Bob Bowlesby said. Honestly, if you look at what the Big 12 had last year with, with TCU and Baylor, yes, both of those teams lost in in those in those bowl in those bowl of six games that um those big game those big bowl games. You no, know, Baylor losing in the Cotton Bowl, TCU losing in the Fiesta Bowl. It just really makes me wonder about some some things. Is the Big Twelve really prospering with Bowlesby at the head as commissioner? I think not. Because yes. Yes you're seeing the Big 12 best on on TV week in, week out. Yes. You're seeing some of the best Big 12 matchups week in, week out. Yes. But when it comes to where there's four playoff positions and you have a power and you have five power conferences, one of those conferences is going to get left out. Case in point, what happened to the Big 12 last year? Do I think Alabama should have got in even though they won the ACC championship? Sure. They should have got in. Do I think Ohio State should have got in? Oregon got in? Yeah. Florida State got in? Yeah. Do I have a problem with that? No, not really. But when you had two teams that You had two teams that that you said that they could have made it and they made them co-champions, even though one team beat the other team. That's where you lost your chance to be in the playoffs. And then the fact that you won't expand to 12 teams, which makes no sense whatsoever to me. You have schools out there who are pining to be in a Power Five conference? You have schools out there who are more than capable of being in that in a Power Five conference. If you look at it, and you look at it from this from this perspective here. You look at a you look at a school like like Boise State, 
who recruited nationwide, getting players from from all almost all fifty states. And you have and you have this. My case in point is this. We're going to see the Big 12 cannibalize itself as we know it. Because you still have games looming like this. You have Baylor, Oklahoma State looming. You have you have Baylor, Oklahoma State looming. You have Oklahoma, Oklahoma State looming. You have TCU, Baylor looming. In the next three weeks. So, with that being said, either one of these teams can can make or break a season. So, I really think that when you look at it from that perspective, yes, this is a good game to watch on TV, but this is very bad for your conference. You know, this game deserves to be on national TV. But does it deserve to have a team risk not making the playoffs or your conference not making the playoffs? Hmm. Hard to say. But that's my rant. Now, we get down to it. Baylor, Oklahoma. Mark Stoops, Art Browse. Art Browse. Story coach at the Texas high school level, becoming a story coach at the college level in the state of Texas. You know, going from Houston to Baylor, you're starting to see why why Houston went after him. You're starting to see why Baylor why Baylor went and got him and made him a head coach. So you're starting to see see the little things that's making him. That's making him better. And it's downright scary to me, the prospect of this game, because Oklahoma, Baylor, story story schools in the Big 12. I love Baylor. Jared Stidham, who I thought was probably one of the best quarterbacks in the nation last year. Probably one of the three best quarterbacks to come out of the state of Texas last year. He's going to start this game against Oklahoma. This is the first, the first true game that he's playing against a power. How do I think he'll do? He's cool as a cucumber. You know, he reminds me so much of of RG three in a way how cool he was. I mean, he doesn't have the swagger that that RG three the that RG three did at, at Baylor. But the thing that he does that's like R G three is that he makes things he makes things happen. You know, he's a pocket passer, but if he has to get out and he has to run, he'll run. You know, he doesn't make mistakes. He's got great reads. He kind of reminds me a lot. I mean, he reminds me of, that's what he reminds me of in a way. And it's, it's absolutely downright scary just to just to think of what he's going to be like 
when he's fully integrated in the offense next year, when he fully feels ready to be in that offense next year. I, it's just, I, I just, I just, I like Baylor for that, for this, for this reason. Shockland Wood, Coleman, um, that that receiving core, you know, I would put them up against Shepard. I would put them up Baker Mayfield, Samaj Piran all day long. You know, I mean, that defense, Derek Striker, the defense for Baylor. You know, yes, Baylor's going to give up points. Yes. Oklahoma's going to give up points, going to get their points. Yes, Baylor's going to get their points. But who will get the, the stop when they, mean it, when they need it the most? Honestly, I can see both making stops when they need them. But what team do I think will make the most stops? What teams do I, I think will, will make the bigger plays? <coughs> Excuse me. I think Baylor will make the bigger plays, but I think Oklahoma can get the, the more stops. So you're in an impasse there. It's down to who has the ball last. And honestly, if Oklahoma has the ball last, they're gonna they're gonna win this game. Baylor goes down. Go. Baylor has the ball last. They'll win the game. Who do I think will have the ball last in the game? Who do I think that will make that will make that that vital stop? You know, in the game. I I mean, simply because I like the playmakers on defense better than I like the playmakers on on defense for Simply more than I like the the playmakers at Baylor, you know, defensively. Even though Baylor doesn't give up doesn't give up the big play as much as Oklahoma does, I like the potential of the stop for Oklahoma than I do for Baylor. This game is so razor thin to call because. You don't know which Baker Mayfield is going to show up. Jared Stidham's only 18 years old. Shockland Wood gives you 130 yards on the ground a game. Samaj Piran gives you 113 yards a game on the ground. What can you do between those two guys? What can you do between Stidham and Mayfield that you can't do Anywhere else. Stidham's got a better arm. He's also got a better receiver. I like Shepard, too. So, I, this is a hard game to call. But I, I will say Baylor will win this game by a field goal simply because they're playing at home. If they were playing anywhere else, if they were playing in Norman or they were playing in a neutral site, I would I would say I would say the complete opposite. But McLean Stadium, forty five thousand people strong. I just like what could happen there than I do 
for Baylor at in Waco than I do for them in Norman or in a neutral site. So I'm gonna say Baylor by a field goal. I mean that that's how good this game can be. This is how good this game can be. And um and don't be surprised if one of these two schools actually blow one another out because that could happen too. So that being said, I, like I said, I like Baylor a lot more. I, I like Baylor, you know, a little bit more simply because of that, because of them having the home field advantage at McLean Stadium. Um, you know, I could be wrong about that, but, but I just I just really feel like the home advantage will will help out more for Baylor than it would for than it will for Oklahoma being on the road. So, um, Baylor by a field goal. And um, we got enough time that we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back and do some do some high school football now and um, go back and do some scores. Um, the seven A bracket. We're down to the we're down to the semifinals in the six A in the seven A um, in the sixteen playoff sixteen team playoff in seven uh, A in in Alabama and. Uh, Oh, boy. Um, Hoover and Vestavia uh, played last night in probably one of the the more hated rivalries in all of Alabama high school football. And if I can liken Hoover and Vestavia Hills to any college rivalry, I mean, if you say in-state rivalry, I mean, Alabama-Auburn, Florida-Florida State, South Carolina-Clemson, I mean, all three of those games, you roll up into one for Hoover Vestavia. And Hoover lost to Vestavia earlier in the season. So, there was some extra, extra heightened bad blood between these two schools, um, because of that. And Hoover actually won over Vestavia last night, shut them out twenty-four to nothing, um, which sets up a a semifinal matchup for the ages in 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 seven A. The city of Hoover, Alabama. We'll have a state champion. We'll have we'll have a chance to play for a state championship, whether it's Spain Park, whether it's Hoover. The two Hoover schools will play in the sem in the semifinal for the first time ever. Uh, Spain Park beat James, beat Clemens last night, thirteen to ten. Um, you know, big time win, big time win for that program. Um, Spain Park always been looked at as the little brother to Hoover. They're the other school in, in, in Hoover. Um, so, honestly, I, I just really think Hoover and Spain Park, you know, Hoover Spain Park is there. And next week, you know, 
you're guaranteed to have at least one. You're guaranteed to have at least one school uh, from South Alabama in there, also from from either Mobile or Fifth City, the Columbus area. Um, McGill Tulin uh, beat Auburn last night, forty-two to three, ending Auburn season. Auburn had a great season this year. Um, ended their season at ten and three. Um, I'm sorry, ten and two, uh, ten and two. Um, so, um, McGill two and one forty-two to three. Uh, Central Phoenix City, which has two Auburn commits on their on their squad, um, they beat Robert E. Lee out of Montgomery twenty to thirteen, and. I tell you, I tell you this. A lot of people don't understand. The four best teams in the state of Georgia, in the state of Alabama, in seven A, are playing right now. That should be playing, um, and I love it. You know, you know, quarterfinal weekend there. No, that's semifinals next week. Two weeks state championship game. Uh, just go through a quick run through the scores. Local area school. Um, Wiley was a winner over South Lamar, twenty nine to eight. Uh, Wiley's moving on to the quarterfinals. Um, Randolph County's moving on to the quarterfinals. Um, Region five two A, which uh, has the lights, and, and this is it's actually the region that's in my area as well. Um, Two five a region five two a in the state of Alabama um, has the likes of uh, Lynette High School, um, Lynette High School, and Lafayette High School um, in their in those ranks, along with Ranburn and, and Randolph County. Both of those schools are moving on um, to the quarterfinals. Randolph County was a winner over Faultville County over Faultville fifty six twenty seven. Ranburn was a winner over Tanner fifty six fifty five. Um, in 2A action. Fife was a winner over Red Bay and I think Ramburn and Fife actually play will actually play each other um will actually play each other next week. So that's gonna be a fun game to look at. Um Leeds High School beat Montevallo sixty two to seven. Um going on going on down Borgard is making it through to the quarterfinals in 5A as they beat Helena High School 30 to 7. Um, Gunnersville is going through. Uh, big shout out to my man Scott Smith, um, who's not here. Who's not here with us this week uh, because he had his wisdom teeth. His wisdom teeth cut out. Um, hope you're getting well, buddy. Hope to hear from you next week. Um, a special shout out to him. Also check him out at uh, streetlightrecruiting.com, and uh, we'll have a recruit of the week. We'll have three recruits of the week next week, so y'all stay tuned for that next week. Um, Opelika High School uh, moving on to the quarterfinals as well. They beat Hillcrest of Tuscaloosa 48 to nothing. Uh, got some Southern powers that, that are making it through as well. Bessemer City. Um, Northern uh, Northern Power, uh, they beat Blunt 
ten to seven. Blunt High School is, is out at at the second round uh, stage for the third time in five years. So uh, big ups to those guys from Bessemer City. Uh, Spanish Fort was a winner, fifty-one to fourteen. They'll be moving on to the quarterfinals. Benjamin Russell will be moving on to the quarterfinals. They beat Bacadori, thirty-four to three. Gardendale, another school from North Alabama. Um, was a win over Walker, forty-eight to twenty-eight. Uh, and Clay Chalkville and Homewood played last night. Uh, I actually got to watch that game last night as well. Um, Homewood was up, was up in this game, and Ashley could not get the job done. Um, Clay Chalkville come, comes back, and they win that game, forty to thirty-nine, and. Those are the scores from, from the state of Alabama. Um, got a little bit more time left. left, And um, just want to give a special shout-out to to my admin, Wendy. Uh, uh, we went out this weekend and celebrated her birthday. Her birthday is actually next Friday. Uh, just wanted to give a special happy birthday to her. I had a birthday this past week, uh, and I want to thank uh, – my admin Wendy and and my mentor, my friend, my brother, T Rex. Check him out on Tuesdays, Live by Terrence, Live by Terrence show. Also check out uh check out my man DJ EA. Uh and uh the turntable Thursdays and um then check me out Saturdays uh, on the tailgate crew. You know, thank you for being a part of the show. Thanks you guys for, for being a part of part of my life. Special thank you to Casey Cordier, um, T, uh, TJ Deontay, Valencia, Tate and Cameron. You know, love y'all. All. My mom and dad. Special, special congratulations to my mom. My mom retired yesterday. Her last day of work was yesterday after 33 years at the post office. So happy trails to my mom. Uh, happy retirement tour. Um, and special thanks to my dad. Thanks, Dad. Have a good weekend, everybody. Be easy, careful, and let's go tailgating. Love, Bucks.